Welcome to the Heart of Dating Podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Hey, hey, y'all. Welcome to the Heart of Dating podcast today. I'm your host, Kate Warman, and y'all, we are coming to a close of season six of the Heart of Dating podcast. But trust me when I tell you that we are closing out this season with some incredible content and conversations for you. Now, before we get into this episode today, I want to make a shout out to anyone who might be new here. You guys, we have a lot of podcast content, and I want to encourage you to scroll back through and take a peek at what we have, look at the titles and the podcast summaries, because chances are, if you do have a dating question, we have probably answered it here at some point. This podcast is really the heartbeat of all that we do here at Heart of Dating. Also, I want to ask you a favor. Would you take one minute to rank and review this podcast on iTunes? We are currently at 1,239 reviews on iTunes, and my goal is to get to 1,500 reviews by the end of March, which is also the end of season six. Now, you guys know I'm all about giving things away, so I want to make this extra fun and special for you guys. For anyone who writes a review from now until the end of March, we are going to give three people a $50 Amazon gift card. All right, that is my wish as we close out the season. If you haven't rated and reviewed this podcast, would you be willing to do so? It is super easy. All you have to do is go to the podcast main page on Apple Podcasts, scroll down to where it says stars, and then hit the button that says write a review. Hit five stars, then write us a little review, and you will be on your merry way. All right, other ways to get involved here at Heart of Dating. Join what we are up to over on Instagram at Heart of Dating and at Kateness. You guys, we love connecting with you, you know, but here's the deal. If you ask us questions specifically on there, know that we try to answer as many as we possibly can, but we also will point you back to the Heart of Dating podcast. Then again, we also have some really helpful new content over on Instagram. We create some fun reels. We have some encouraging quotes. We post some fun memes, all the things. So come and join the party over on Instagram. And then last, but certainly not least, I want to invite you to join our private Heart of Dating Facebook community. We have literally thousands of singles that are connecting and joining in friendship and community. This group does Bible studies together. They have game nights, karaoke nights, worship nights, and some of them even go through some of the conference content together from the Singled Out Conference. Not only that, people are actually meeting and dating from our Heart of Dating Facebook group. All right. So if you want to be a part of this, go ahead and visit facebook.com forward slash heart of dating. Like our Facebook page on Heart of Dating and then go to groups on the left hand side of the page and click to join the private Facebook community. I just love this community so much and I wanted to give you guys all the different ways that you can get involved. We are in this together. All right, you guys, here's the deal. I teamed up with two stellar girlfriends of mine who also talk about dating and love for a living. And together, the three of us have some epic content for y'all on all three of our podcasts. Are you even ready for this? I don't even think you're ready for it. I'm so excited. So myself, Carrie Lloyd, and Kat Harris did a three-part podcast series on all of our podcasts. 
The incredible Carrie Lloyd is currently in her 40s. She's exceptionally stellar and she's also single. On her podcast, the Carry On podcast, we are talking about dating later in life, dealing with dating disappointment, as well as some of our best and worst dating stories, being dating coaches or people that talk about dating. And then we have the stellar Kat Harris, who is not a surprise guest for you guys. She has been on the show several times, but you also know she is one of my very best friends and she has her own podcast called The Refined Woman. On her show, we talk about the infamous question of where are all the Christian men? And we actually tackle more than you might imagine in this conversation. Uh, Spoiler alert, this was not a guy bashing episode. We actually want to elevate men in this conversation and also have a real and honest dialogue about where are the Christian guys or why are there seemingly more Christian women in the church than there are men. So you're going to have to go ahead and listen to that episode over on The Refined Woman with the three of us. And then here today on Heart of Dating, we are discussing dating multiple people at once, casual dating, and having an abundance versus a scarcity mindset. Ooh, y'all, we are getting into it. What do we really think about dating more than one person at the same time? Well, y'all, I'm actually going to share some of my own personal experiences of doing this in recent months. Yep, that's happening today on the show. Let me quickly introduce my darlings, Kat and Carrie. Kat Harris is a Brooklyn-based online educator, digital content creator, female empowerment advocate, and she loves God, a good Beyonce dance party, and has an affinity for ranch dressing. Her vision is for women to know their beauty, identity, and value. She is a BS in biblical studies from Dallas Baptist University and is co-founder of the online publication, The Refined Woman, and also the host of The Refined Collective podcast. She also has been a full-time photographer for the last decade with her work being featured in Vanity Fair, GQ, Forbes, People, Who, What, Where, US Weekly, and Glamour UK. In fact, you guys, fun fact, the image of the podcast right now was shot by Kat herself. She believes in the power of story, that done is better than perfect, quality triumphs quantity, and that every opportunity is an opportunity for growth if we can choose for it to be. The vehicles for her messages are her podcast, online courses, written articles, hosted leadership development workshops, speaking at conferences, and more. It has become a bigger passion in her life than she ever could have imagined. And then there's my girl, Carrie Lloyd. Carrie Lloyd is an author, pastor, podcaster, speaker, coach, and advocate for orphan care. She is the author of The Noble Renaissance and The Virgin Monologues. She used to work in the film industry and the advertising world. She's a former atheist turned Christian, and she certainly has many stories to share. You can find her podcast, The Carry On Podcast, on iTunes, Spotify, and all of her books from all good stores. If you want to hear more of her valuable inner musings, you can subscribe to her on Patreon. You guys, I just love Carrie and Kat, and today's conversation is so much fun. It's fiery and spicy and filled with laughs and good truth. So listen today here on Heart of Dating, then jump over to the Refined Collective podcast, and then also jump over to the Carry On podcast, and you will hear all of the conversations that we had on all of our podcasts. All right, without further ado, let's talk about it. Dating multiple people at once, casual dating, and how to have an abundance mindset over a scarcity mindset. Hey. 
Hey y'all, we have a special treat today. You aren't even ready for what's about to go down. Okay, y'all, uh, I brought two of my favorite girls on and we just all happen to have K names. Uh, so today we have myself, Kate, we have my girl, Kat Harris, and we have my girl, Carrie Lloyd. Ladies, say hello. What up, what up? Oh God, Kat's singing. <laughs> now, I, now I feel I should harmonize yeah you with should definitely this is yes and carrie so oh, what are you gonna do to and me as y'all can oh see goodness. we are just gonna have a blast today uh you guys have been asking for us to do both a men's round table which we will get to but also a female round table which we have pretty much never done, or it was three years ago if we did do it. So uh, I am so excited, ladies, to have you today on Heart of Dating. A privilege, as always. <laughs> a real privilege. And we're doing a three-part, <laughs> a real well, Don't sound too excited, Kat, okay? I'm, I'm trying to sound as accents. American as I can sound, because <laughs> Kira, you just accent. sound so posh, and I'm like, yeah, real privilege. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how, how Texas I can sound. Okay. I love yeah. We could just see how many accents we can get into this entire podcast. Oh yes, darling. I would love yeah. so I, I, I would love that. talking like this and stuff being like Southeast London. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll just go through the different arrays I of love accents. It. Please teach us them all. But you guys listening, we are doing a three-part series right now. We're going to answer some hot topics. So we're going to do one today uh, here on Heart of Dating. We're going to do one on Cat's podcast. And then we're also going to do one on Carrie's podcast. So if y'all like what you're hearing today, you're going to have to also jump over to what everyone tell the name of your podcast. Oh, mine is The Refined Collective. Yes, yes. And mine is The Carry On Podcast. Do you see what I did there? Carry On. Oh, yes, I, I did. see what you did there. You are, you're just so witty. I love it. <laughs> I, I love it. Also, this is kind of one of my dreams come true. I was just talking with one of our other friends, Tiffany Bloom. Mm, her and Ashley Abercrombie have a podcast together, and I was saying, I wish that I had someone that I could do a podcast with every time because I love doing the solo shows and I love also interviewing people, but it is kind of fun just to talk with your friend yes. or friends uh, <laughs> about dating, life, God, sexuality, all the things mm. without Sometimes I do solo shows, I'm just staring at my wall and I have no idea if I'm making any sense. <laughs> But I'm, this is I'm, just making me feel like, should we start a podcast together? I don't know. Are we starting a podcast right now? I'm starting a podcast right now. It's we're one of those conversations I think all the time, whenever we get together, whenever we're, ha I mean, I know that we haven't actually had a conversation, all three of us together, mm. but I know we have conversations solo with each other and it feels a little bit like sitting in the ladies bathroom in a nightclub. That's, that's my hopes and expectations. That. Oh my Setting gosh. the expectations right the now. inside no. You look so great. <laughs> I love your red lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of being in the club in the bathroom, which it's been a really long, long time. time so. Long time and I miss it, y'all. I, I miss yeah. just dancing on the dance oh, floor. Man. It's so fun. Just give me a beat, you know? Yes. Okay. Let's find one right now. Let's find one right now for Kat. Let's see what she does. <laughs> Someone get a repeat. Oh my gosh. By the way, y'all, speaking of, I just have to announce that all three of us are authors and this is a really fun I'm experience. so proud of you guys. <laughs> I'm so proud of you guys. I'm so glad you've come to join me because it's a terrifying journey, isn't it, really? Let's face oh it. Oh, oh. Kat, you said this. It's like 
Someone said this to you, but it's like standing in Times Square naked. Like, oh yeah, that is, yeah. I uh, mean, I've never stood in Times Square <laughs> naked, so I can't contrast. Um, well, now you but, have to. But, yeah. <laughs> we know what it's like. I already know. Yeah. Here are all my parts exposed to the world. Like that's what it feels oh, yeah. like yeah. when you launch this. And Kat, yours, your book is about to come out in just a few weeks. Um, mm-hmm. Sexless in the City. Hello. Speaking of New York, hello. (laughs) So can't wait. Love it. Carrie, tell us about your books just for a sec. So people listening, you've been on the pod before, but you came out with a book since then. Well, it's funny, actually, because Kat and I met when I'd written my second book. I think it was Prude that was Mm -hmm. (laughs) the the self-confessions of a neo-virgin which my mother had made up. She's like, you know, you're sort of like a neo-virgin. And I went, what? <laughs> the only other time Excuse I've heard the word neo is in front of Nazism. So I was like, what are you talking about? So anyway, I, I ended up sort of going through this journey of writing about why I came back to abstinence over my journey of being an atheist and coming to a Christian. Mm. And so that was The Virgin mm. Monologues and Prude. Those are my first yeah. two books. This book that I just did last year, beautifully um, during the <laughs> pandemic, um, was... The Noble Renaissance. So yeah. I like to think that's my adult book. Yeah. Because I'm not talking about dating now so much as I'm talking about character. Yeah. Because I realise most of the complaints we have about dating is actually down to someone's character oh, or our own okay. on yeah. some level. So <laughs> so that's that. So good. Oh, I'm so excited it. about your books. Both of you. <laughs> Both of you. But yeah, Kat. Kat. Well, first of all, I love your book, uh, The Noble Renaissance. Even just the first page of the book is so compelling. it's really hard to write something that draws people in Mm. and the way you invite people into a story of nobility is super powerful I love your book and I feel like everyone should read it thank you sweetheart I felt the same (laughs) uh Kat tell us about Sexless in the City for a second Oh my goodness. Sexless in the City is about me growing up in Southern conservative Bible Belt evangelical Christian culture and learning a set of rules when it came to sex, sexuality, desire, my body. And I really never questioned any of those scripts. I just thought, oh, good Christians don't have sex. And I am a three on the Enneagram. So let me be the poster child of whatever space I am in. So I didn't think twice about it. I was super high and mighty about my virginity. And at some point realized my virginity became really enmeshed with my relationship with Jesus. I would have never really said out loud, oh, salvation is Jesus plus my virginity. But the way I was living my life really spoke that. And then I moved to New York City, fell in love, dated all sorts of people, got heartbroken and rejected. And really in walking through one of my heartbreaks, I was at a fork in the road where I just was really tired of not having sex and I was tired of feeling ashamed and I really did not have any sort of God vision for sexuality outside of those rules I had been given so long ago and those rules just weren't working for me anymore. So the book is my story of researching every verse in the Bible that I could find that talked about sex. It's really about navigating what is it to have a healthy sexual ethic that's also in alignment with my values and scripture, but that is not rooted in shame. Yeah, so good. So my book just, I kind of go for the jugular of a lot of the shame narratives that I was prescribed growing up in Christian culture and purity movement and all that stuff. 
so needed. Yeah. And I am so excited for your book and so thankful for your journey and willing that you're willing to share it with all of us. Yeah, it's a noble, it's a noble thing. Oh, it's noble. <laughs> there it goes. There it goes. It's a noble it's virtue. Noble. Do you know what? Shame is the number one thing that I find myself coaching people through the most. Yeah. Um, mm. And it was one of the things that actually made me very nervous about coming back to the church. Mm. I was nervous I was going to get all the shame stuff again. Yeah. So I'm so glad you're approaching it because I just don't think we talk about it enough. We don't. We need some more of that and some more Brené Brown research on shame and vulnerability and just talking about it. Uh, so, y'all, let's get into our convo for today. I'm so excited. We, uh, for those of you listening, we are going to have a real honest roundtable discussion about something kind of pointed. And so what I want to frame it up is this. So oftentimes in dating, we are, especially as Christians, we got to frame it up there because this is... This is how we do it a lot of times as Christians. And we're we're really weird in this journey as Christians dating. And I think we can all laugh about it, but and it's true. Like we are weird and awkward. And we go on a date and we are like, this is it. I'm getting into this. I am committing. And I will be the first to admit that I've done that a lot. Uh, and we often do this thing where we, we think that the stages of dating go like single, dating, engaged, married, right? But I heard this through my friend, Dr. Henry Cloud, and I want to present it today if you guys haven't heard it. Um, I actually want to propose the, a fifth stage, okay? We're going to call it single dating relationship engaged married. Mm. And the reason why I think this is so important is because I think the dating season is to figure out if you actually want to be in a relationship with that person. And then once you're in a relationship, then you're having, you know, can I move towards engagement? Yeah. But what often happens, especially as Christians, we are dating and that is enmeshed with relationship. Like on a first date, second date, we're like, I'm exclusive, you know, and this is already like, this is my person if you if it's going well, you know, and we don't really know much about that person. Right. So I've been doing something that I want to reveal today. I want to talk about it. I have been practicing non-exclusivity. OK, meaning. <laughs> She so, has 15 it boyfriends. Like, it sounds like you're saying con- like conscious uncoupling or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've been practicing non-exclusive dating. <laughs> and I'm going to throw it at my friend, Dr. Cloud, because he did encourage me to do this. And in his book, How to Get a Date Worth Keeping, he encourages people to do it for six months. Now, I think that's a long time. I have been aiming for three months, three months, non-exclusivity, three months of just dating people and the caveat is being very honest with all the people that I am dating other people, mm-hmm. but to really see what happens in the dating stage, because my tendency has been, it's going well, great, hop right in, you yeah. know, like this is it. And I don't really know that person yet. So, okay. What are your thoughts, ladies? Let's talk about this. Cause I think a lot of people hear it and they're like, that's casual dating, Kate. And that's so wrong. And you're messing with people. But I don't believe that, y'all. Who says casual dating is wrong? I mean, a lot of people. But I think there's stigmas around that. That casual dating means that you, A, might be sleeping around. Or spreading, or even just spreading yourself too thinly. Yeah. So you're not actually taking anyone seriously because essentially you're looking at so many different people. How could you possibly right. be intentional about one person? And I think a lot of the time we're wanting to feel safe with other people's actions by knowing that they're exclusive. Mm-hmm. One of the things I like about what you're kind of 
I've been kind of on a similar journey in the last couple of years of looking at what does it look like to date with abundance rather than scarcity. Yes, okay. And mm. one of the reasons why guys have been so scared within the church, or at least this is what some surveys and people have been researching, they've been so nervous to actually involve themselves with us because we get so high stakes so quickly. That's what happens when you're going from a scarcity mindset, especially when the ratio is yes. 60 to 40 single male, female. So... Um, yes. So therefore, you know, if we're given an option or opportunity to actually date someone, we're clinging on to them for dear life mm. as opposed to actually, I don't know whether if I make an executive decision. I remember when I was 18, I would just felt like the whole world was my oyster and I could just mm. date. And if it didn't work out, that's fine. There'll be plenty more other people that I'll meet. But I didn't feel like that when I got into the church. By the time I was in my 30s, I was like, well, you know, maybe it'll happen one day. But you don't know. <laughs> and so when anyone gave a glimpse of attention, yes. that was it. I was holding on to it. I wanted to make it work. I was bending towards them and, you know, and actually becoming less of myself in order for it to work. Yes. So yes. I think that's yes. why Matthew Hussey has been so popular because yes. he's such a, such a big one on abundance of, of dating. But like you say, you do it with an element of integrity that communicates honesty and, and uh, a clarity to each other going, yeah, I'm dating other people, but yes. you know, that, but that's but because we navigate our sexual ethics in a much better way it's it the question is when you start getting when you start really lowering essentially your sexual ethics mm. and start engaging getting your emotional needs met by these people and that's when you've got a plethora of like casual dating is dangerous right um, yes i agree with that yeah, yeah. sorry i spoke yeah, too much yeah it's i love what you said carrie just about Am I coming from a space of scarcity or abundance? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think even just when I question who says who, who says casual dating is bad or wrong or why, where does the belief come from that casual dating is synonymous with one night stands or hookups? And I, I think that's the posture that I try to show up in every area of my life is let's just be curious we take a statement, whether it's casual dating is bad or even, well, I'm not, I'm not exclusively dating right now. That's bad. Or you're not looking for anything serious. Why do we, why are we labeling it like that? Is it because personal experience? Is it because of narratives we heard from faith circles? Is it because of bad experiences other friends had dating casually? What is it? And I think before labeling something as good or bad, let's be curious about what this thing actually is. Like, I don't think there's a ton that's innately bad or wrong. Netflix isn't bad or wrong. Social media isn't bad or wrong. It's the heart with which we approach yes, that's it. the thing that changes everything. And so for me, I also, when I think of dating, I think, you know, First of all, I have agency and autonomy over myself and how I'm showing up. And no one is entitled to me because I've gone on a date with them and, and, and vice versa. And so I think so much of the conversation around dating, like you're saying, Kate, is being honest with where you're at. And I think one of the biggest breakdowns in relationships, in all relationships, and I think it manifest itself hugely in Christian dating is assumption. We assume, I assume because a guy has taken me on a coffee date <laughs> that he is not seeing anyone else. I assume because on my end, I thought the date went really well that 
we're headed straight towards a relationship. And I've done that, oh my gosh, so many times. You know, a guy looks at me and you're like, oh my gosh, I think I'm engaged now. Everything's going really well. <laughs> he lifted his hands in worship and like, oh my God. And he asked me out and I it's done. I think I'm he done. shaped my initials with his hands during worship and therefore it's like we create like this whole. Yes. We create this yeah. story. We actually create the story about them mm-hmm. before they actually went, what? Wait, what? I don't know whether I said yes to that story. Did I say yes to that story? I'm, I don't. I think we had so a coffee a couple so of weeks true. ago, and I don't know why. And I, I, we texted a couple of times, but I don't think. <laughs> you know, you can see the guys panic, hence why a lot more on the ratio, that ratio that I was talking about, a lot of guys are dating unbelievers outside the church because they find them safer because that the stakes are, mm-hmm. are less. Yeah, because so many of us women are coming from a place of fear and scarcity. And even I'm 35 years old and I'm dating. And... I feel my biological clock in a way that I didn't five years ago. I want to have babies. Mm -hmm, I want to settle down. And so if I approach dating from a place of, oh my gosh, my biological clock says that, okay, so if I want to have a baby in two years, then I need to have met my husband two weeks ago. And that means then we have to be at this pace by then so that we can be proposed to by then so that we can get married by then so then we can start trying by then. And that, what a, that's so much pressure. We're showing up with so much pressure. And so I think that's why communication is so important. Like, here's where I'm at. Here's what I'm looking for. And I think it's so normal and healthy, whether you just got out of a relationship, whether you haven't dated a lot, saying there is a big chasm, like you said, Kate, between going on a date and being engaged. And what if I I have not gone on a lot of dates and I just want to get more at bats, <laughs> right? <laughs> like I just want to get more comfortable being around guys and flirting yes. and practice healthy boundaries. Yes, I think casual dating can intentionally casually dating can be a really healthy yes. expression. I think I love the destigmatizing the the words casual dating because oftentimes again we attach like a meaning to it like the hookup culture we may attach unintentionality and what I've measured for myself is what is my intention in being non-exclusive for three months if my intention is I just want to have a lot of great attention from a lot of guys and just like quote unquote play the field in a way that's like yeah, it's not really going anywhere with this guy, but I'm going to like keep him around because like, it's just nice to like have a free dinner. I mean, to be honest, like then my intention is like, that's not, <laughs> we're, we're not, I mean, I'm on a really truth, tight okay? budget. And so we need to find people that can buy me dinner. Yeah, <laughs> but like, if my intention is genuinely, I'm being honest with these guys. I know that this is a challenge for me. This actually is a real big challenge for me. And I'm doing it in this season because I believe it challenges my just my openness um, and my ability to be open, trust my gut and watch like how things play out. Now, if you haven't heard yet, I wrote a book on rejection. It's called Thank You for Rejecting Me, Transform Pain into Purpose, and Learn to Fight for Yourself. Now, I know with confidence that this book is going to help you face your past rejections, heal from the ones you're going through currently, and prepare you for the future of rejections that may come. It's all of my darkest stories of rejection combined, from betrayal to heartbreak, abuse, abandonment, feeling like a total failure, not fitting in 
being uninvited, wondering where God is within all of the pain, and even in the tragic ways in which I've self-rejected through self-hatred, insecurity, and body shame. Friend, I just truly cannot wait for you to get your hands on this book. Now, here's something else I want you to know. After years of helping others with their dating life, this year I found myself thinking I was in the middle of my own redemption story. When suddenly I got broken up with by the man I thought I was going to end up with. When I wrote this book, I never considered that the very words I'd write would end up being the exact thing I desperately needed to heal my own heart this year. I have spent many nights since that breakup on my hands and knees crying out to God in utter pain and frustration. But simultaneously, I have thanked God through the tears for the powerful healing that this book, Thank You for Rejecting Me, has provided for my own heart. Knowing what I know today, I gotta say this. I'm so grateful that God did not give me what I thought I wanted. Today, with more confidence than ever, I wanna shout, thank you for rejecting me. And friend, I want more than ever for you to be able to claim that for yourself too. Whether you're dealing with self-rejections like body insecurity or self-hatred, whether you're lonely and dealing with a massive heartbreak, whether you've been abandoned by someone important to you, maybe you consistently don't feel like you fit in anywhere. Maybe you've been betrayed or horrifically abused. Maybe you felt weighed down by sexual shame. Maybe you feel like a failure from all the closed doors in your life. Maybe you're stuck wondering where God is within all of it. Well, guess what? We're talking about all of that in this book. Now, if you are also feeling the weight of rejection right now, I want you to know I created a free five-step video series called How to Get Back Up When Rejection Knocks You Off Your Feet. It's all about how to muster the strength to take the very first steps right after being hit down. What I've learned through my years of rejection is this. Rejection can try to have its way with us, but that doesn't mean we can't have our way with rejection. If you want to support me, you can go to thankyouforrejectingme.com or tyfrm.com and you can order your book right now from your favorite book site. Friend, I am so excited to be on this journey with you. I read a great book last year called How to Avoid Falling in Love with a Jerk. It's written by a Christian psychologist, John Van Epp, and he basically does say in this book, like it takes a minimum of three months to 90 days to really see somebody's actual character. Anybody yeah. can fake any to be anyone for 90 days. And so that also like is in my mind of like this three month thing. And but that I think it comes back to your heart and your intention and that's why really early on as in this process with these guys, I've been honest, you know, I'm like, Hey, I just want you to know, I'm really enjoying the, my time with you. I do want to continue to get to know you. And I want you to be honest with the fact that I am in a non-exclusive state at the moment. So I have seen other people um, and I'm doing that right now in the season. I understand if that changes where you're at or what you desire yeah. to enter into with me. But I want to be very, really honest about just my heart posture in this. I uh, think also on the other, on the other side of it, a lot of people connect casual dating with disposable dating. Mm, and oh, so that's good. Yes. when I, I was on a clubhouse room, which I'm still trying to navigate that entire oh, social media platform. stresses me out so much. I can't. <laughs> I just can't. I'm, I, I I cry sometimes after listening because <laughs> I just don't know what to do with myself. Oh my God. But I was listening to one and it was a, this matchmaking thing. And it, she was a millionaire matchmaker. Hmm. Um, I think her name was Patty Smith. And she 
was asked the question, what, are, what is the number one thing that millennials are doing wrong in dating? And she said, and she said she was from the sort of Sex and the City era. So she's, you know, nearing more towards the 40s. And she said disposable dating yeah. is the real problem. And I think we're even finding on hookup apps and online. So lots of people I've encouraged to do online dating and hookup apps because they're being able to kind of broaden their mind of like the abundance, less scarcity, and actually realize there are so many people out there with amazing stories that you get to meet. But the disposable dating she was saying is is the toxicity of dating because we're actually just using it for getting our emotional needs met. So it's right. going back to essentially your motivation and the and what you're looking at really ex, is exploring rather than getting the emotional needs met. Which disposable dating isn't intentionally looking for relationships; it's just mm. looking to get their needs met. Yeah, and so I think that's probably. That's a really good distinct, yeah. distinction. That's important. Yeah, like looking to get the ego stroked or scratch the itch. You know, I think in faith circles and Christian culture, we really judge hookup culture. And we're like, oh my gosh, those people, those people are getting <laughs> naked on the first date. And that's so wrong. But I find so much in Christian dating you might not be getting physically naked on the first date, but emotionally, mm. spiritually, right. mentally naked. Right. And I did that for so long because I was really just trying to trauma bond with people and I didn't <laughs> know it. Bond. But yes. I thought, oh my gosh, we need to, <laughs> we need to have a deep oh conversation immediately. We need to, I need to unpack all my baggage to see if he will really stay there. You know, I was trying to force intimacy. Mm-hmm. And so I think we definitely do that in, in Christian dating and in the church. And, and I think also, even just when you're talking, I don't know if this is me living in New York for so long, but I feel dating culture in the church in New York is very much, you're not exclusive until you've had a conversation. So whenever I'm going on dates with guys, I never assume that we are exclusive or that's even where it's headed until we've had a conversation of, hey, I really enjoy getting to know you and I want you to know that I'm not seeing anyone else or, hey, I would really like to be exclusive with you. And so that's that's been my experience in dating is to I almost I show up expecting you're probably you've probably gone on three other dates this week and maybe I've gone on a date or two as well. And that's fine. We're not exclusive yet. Right. And I think you can be on the path towards wanting exclusivity yet until you have that conversation, you're not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's incredible yet very rare in many like places in America and probably elsewhere too, probably just more so the New York culture. Cause I would, I agree with you, Kat, just even living in New York, I wasn't dating. I was in a toxic relationship while in New York, but I can, I know what you're talking about with that kind of cultural stigma, which is a good, a good thing. I think. Yeah. I just, I, I think that dating from an abundance mindset is also, I think we just miss out. And I think a lot of pastors say, you know, you're going to play with somebody's heart if you're dating multiple people. But I think we all have this quote unquote idea of a type. And I think it oftentimes gets super rocked when we can actually date, first of all, challenge ourselves that there isn't one specific type out mm-hmm. there like um, for us. And oftentimes we put type based on physical qualities and those sorts of things and nice to have things versus more need to have things. And yet 
I think that when you date, you realize what you're more so attracted to. So if you're somebody who has very little dating experience or has only been in very long relationships, you don't really know what you actually truly enjoy and are connected to. And so dating non-exclusively, being very clear about it, really helps you to see, well, how do I show up around different people? Or what does stand out to me about this person? I'll be honest that in this journey so far, there have been moments too where certain guys have stood out to me like that was a really amazing time. And then in my old life, well, quote unquote, I would have just immediately been like, I'm in, let's go. Like, let's be exclusive, you know? But then what's been really cool or interesting at least is then I have another experience with them and it's not exactly the same. And I'm not willing to dispose of them, quote unquote, on your point, Carrie. But I'm just like, this is interesting because over time you see more. So I'm like, it allows my heart to be just more even keeled versus like, (gasps) oh my gosh, this is so amazing. And I'm going to jump right on into this pool that I really don't know what else is in that pool, but I'm just jumping in, (laughs) you know? And so it allows more of um, a better gradual experience of learning that person through time. And I think the balance for me as well, just on the last point there is I'm not seeing like one person every single day, you know, I'm, I'm giving it them all equal You don't space. have a date for breakfast, date right, for lunch, right. <laughs> date for dinner. Exactly. Just, I'm just p- packing in my schedule and as many people as I can see because I'm all about the abundance. <laughs> three guys today, three tomorrow. No. What have you noticed in yourself that's been different since you've taken this approach? What's grown in you? Yeah, it's been awesome to see that You know, one of the guys revealed to me that he also is non-exclusively dating. And I'm like, great, you know, Uh, or one of the guys was like, I might need some time to myself right now. And if I had just committed to that guy, I would have been like so crushed by that. I've been like, oh, wow, I feel really sad. But instead I was like, that's great. Yeah, take whatever time you need. And less because I have all these options, but because I haven't put all eggs in the basket of any person that I'm dating versus in the past when I just jump into exclusivity I'm like, my eggs are starting to be in that basket, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I really have found just my emotional levels have stayed more balanced, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, I think sometimes people do jump onto the label quickly Mm -hmm. to a point where I'm like, you should have stayed in the exploration stage because I've often found that people break off a month or two months after they've made it official. Yes. And they were only dating for like... I don't know, four weeks or something. Yeah. I'm a big believer. Um, it's good to hear that someone else is back to the whole three-month thing because I always thought everyone's on their best behavior for at least three months. Yeah. And so I, uh, for me, I, I, the expiration stage is glorious because the pressure is completely off. You're really enjoying that person for who they are mm-hmm. and what they bring for the table. And you also get to learn a lot more about what you bring to the table for somebody else yeah. as opposed to this feeling because you're going from essentially like this orphan mindset around dating with the scarcity level of things that you're actually just clawing at the bit for someone to feel something that we should have been meeting ourselves and so I think that's it just even watching you over the years like there's this new sense of confidence in you Mm. Uh, and actually you've you've always been a a beautiful joyful fresh bubble of air in our (laughs) lives but there's something that feels really grounded in you right now I think Mm. because you're like oh pressure's off and I actually you feeling you're feeling really powerful. It's really nice to look at. Mm. Oh, Carrie, yeah. thank you. You're welcome. I love that. I it's really it's really inspiring. Mm. 
just have a minute's okay. silence. Uh okay, you guys. This is this is beautiful. So any last closing thoughts? You're on this? beautiful. <laughs> well, you're beautiful. And you're beautiful. <laughs> but girl, that lipstick though. And girl, that hair though, those lashes. I mean, girl. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. So I think maybe just if we're like wrapping up, maybe a couple, what's something that we can give someone to hang their hat on? So, okay. Maybe I've never dated casually before, or I've never like you're saying it non-exclusive, like practicing non-exclusivity. What is, what are a few things that you guys think someone could do to explore that in a way where he or she still feels connected to their hearts, to their values, to God, to their integrity? This will be our final dating nugget because that's what we end every episode with. Oh. So this will be like each of our final nugget. dating nugget. My, my thing on this is trust your gut. That's my new thing this last year. Uh, and just pay attention to what it's saying. You know, if something's coming up for you, write it down. Journal that and pay attention to that, whatever it is. Your body is speaking to you. And so after a date, always I write it down. I'm like, what did I feel on this date? Genuinely. Um, and then I go on another date. What did I feel on that date with him? The same guy. Um, I do that with any person I'm dating now. And you really have to pay attention to it because I know that I could have good conversations with a lot of people, but I need to pay attention to what my body's really telling me and what the Holy Spirit is speaking within me about is this actually a safe person or is that just a charismatic person that I feel attracted to because of their charisma, you know? Uh, I mean, that's real because I fall for that all the time. So trust your gut and also know that in trusting your gut, you may get it wrong sometimes. And the best part about getting it wrong is you can apologize to that person. You know, yeah. hey, I just want, I, I think I got that wrong. It doesn't have to change where you stand. I just wanted to let you know that I think I got it so wrong. So good. So good. And what a beautiful thing to start start the practicality off with is trusting your gut and listening to your body because how much have we, especially in church cultures, been taught to dismiss our body and dismiss our intuition and gut. And I'm just so on board with that. Um, I think what I would say is have a posture of curiosity when you approach dating. I think it can be so easy to approach a date like a job interview, like I'm just trying to see if they check the boxes of the spiritual resume that I'm looking for in a partner, as opposed to this is another person that God created and God really loves. And regardless if there's a romantic connection, God has made our paths collide and there's an invitation there. So how can I put aside my agenda of trying to figure it out in one date or two dates or three dates and be curious about the human that's in front of me? And then I think kind of alongside that is intimacy takes time. True intimacy takes time and there's no shortcuts to it. And so part of getting to know someone maybe in a more casual setting at first is pacing yourself. Yes. Thank you. That's good. So you're not getting exclusive immediately. Maybe you're hanging out with them once a week, right. once every other week. You're not talking on the phone all the time or texting all day, but you're creating a more sustainable pace of getting to know someone over the long haul. Good. 
That's so good. I that's one of the things I was going to say is actually the the sometimes whoever's going going faster at the pace is normally trying to fix something in themselves. Mm. Ooh. <clears throat> so um, and I've often been the culprit of that. I've been on the receiving end of that, and I've often caused it myself. So um that can be when you're looking at building trust with each other I always try and come into it even if it's casual dating Mm. I'm always going and going what builds trust with this person communication without without question but actually I can't build trust with somebody else unless I keep myself safe and for so long I was trying to make the world safe and and that whole scanning thing that people do in the on the first dates of checking the (laughs) checking the little boxes and the little exactly that that is coming from I don't feel safe in my safe so I have to make sure that they are whereas if I come in feeling safe with another person in front of me I don't it doesn't really matter who they are what they're doing because I'm not I'm not holding my happiness my joy Mm. any codependent things on them yes it's purely a case of what does it look like to make myself feel safe so I wouldn't necessarily think that everyone should go into casual dating straight away. The first thing I might say is just check that you feel safe in yourself, that you trust you, so that when you do come to someone very different to you, you can communicate exactly where you're at and and make it very clear. You've Mm -hmm. got to work on making yourself safe before you kind of go into this journey, I think. That doesn't mean to say be perfect. I'm just suggesting build trust within yourself. And that is a great foundation in the first place. For any kind of relationship with anyone regardless of just dating and romance I'm talking friendships and everything yes, so wow mm. wow okay so ladies good. I just learned so much from both of you well this is so fun for everyone listening I hope you guys were encouraged by this conversation and challenged because I think that's what we want to do here we want to ruffle the feathers and um, we try to put all these Uh, scripts and like bumpers on Christian dating we try to make it very black and white and it is more gray and there's probably pastors who don't wouldn't agree with their conversation Mm -hmm. today but I genuinely think in talking to so many pastors and doing this work myself and having amazing friends like Carrie and Kat that and having somebody like Dr. Cloud hey he's an expert in psychologists and he highly encourages this Mm -hmm. uh, that this actually could be something on Carrie's point check yourself first that would be a great challenge for people to go out and do dating in a new way. Release the pressure. So, ladies, thank you so much for joining for this conversation. Oh, what a treat. Thanks for having should, us. Should this we go so back fun. to the dance floor now? Yes, let's go back to the dance floor. Oh, work, work. Oh. <laughs> what song? What song? What's our dance floor song? I don't know, um, I'm just kicking. Um, Beyonce is the best in the world. It's, a, it's an original piece I'm working on. <laughs> Oh, well, meet me good. at the altar in your white dress. Uh, we ain't getting no younger. We might as well. Be. Hey, hey, <laughs> she hey, got it. She hey, got it. Wait, here hey, we go. We gotta keep going. Though. All right, Cat's <laughs> album's released next year, ladies and yes, gentlemen. Yes. We're really looking forward to being back in <laughs> oh <my gosh>. <laughs> All right, y'all. Love you. Uh, we'll see you next time. Wow, you guys, I love Carrie and Kat, and that was so much fun. And you know what? I just wish I could hear Carrie talk all day, every day in her amazing British accent. Like, it just makes me want to go to London immediately. 
Well, hey, if you want to hear more, go ahead and visit the Refine Collective podcast as well as the Carry On podcast for the conversations on my two lovely gals podcast because we continue the conversation of dating on both of their podcasts and it is such good, fun, and rich wisdom. All right, y'all. Thank you as always for joining in and listening to the Heart of Dating podcast. I just value y'all so much and I'm so grateful that you tune in each and every week. All right. See you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.